Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. Today, we are here with a good friend of mine, Larry White. He has had an extremely impressive career thus far, um, starting out at Carrington Real Estate. He helped build them. Um, from there, he had a visionary role at Zome and is now currently managing a team of agents at EXP um, with roughly 550 people. Um, Larry, we'd like to jump right into this. Let's do so it. could we just start this off with the craziest real estate tr- story or transaction that comes to mind? Oh, man, there's so many, right? Like when you've been in the real estate game for 16 years, especially in the default space, Right, like you see all yeah, I was about to say, in the REO industry, you probably got dozens. Yeah, like you see all kinds of crazy things. But actually, probably the most memorable that stands out to me was actually not on the default side of things. Because I coach and train, like I've coached and trained for Tom Ferry. I still coach and train some of the top agents in the country to kind of duplicate, build their businesses. And I was hosting a training for one of my groups in Massachusetts. And they were going through like this snow day over there, which obviously I live in Texas. I'm not used to snow days. And so they were supposed to meet in the office. Instead, we did a webinar. They were like, hey, like, can we give everybody this link? I was like, no problem. And so I sign on a few minutes early and there's a a female agent, younger, I'm thinking mid twenties, like what most people would consider relatively attractive that signs on and she's the first person on this call and I see the waiting room build up. And so I'm like hitting this and then her camera comes on and she is literally sitting there in like this 1980s rock and roll t-shirt in bed, like holes cut out here. So it's like nothing but side boob and panties. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh no, like, do I say something? Because if I say something, then it draws attention to everybody else. Do I not? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, um, well, welcome guys. I can see everybody on screen here. And she looks over and sees herself in the camera. And all of a sudden you see her like jump across the bed and like grab her camera, slam it down. And like, I never talk about it ever again because she signs on like five minutes later, like suited up and stuff like that. And I was like, hi, what's your name? It was probably one of the, I was like, what do I do? Do I say, um, ma'am, like your breasts are showing? Like, I don't even know like what to do in this scenario, right? But that was probably like one of my most memorable. I was like, ah, like I was just as freaked out as her. Like, so. <laughs> Like, how do I save her without embarrassing her? (laughs) Yeah, kudos to you, man, for having that wherewithal in that moment to protect her. And uh, gosh, that's hilarious. And I'm like fumbling around, like, can I turn off? That totally reminds me. Like, can I, like, I'm trying to look and see, but exactly, it was like such a gunshot moment. I'm like, ah, right? Like, I don't even know what to do there. So, yeah. It, it was it was wild. It, it was wild, but probably one of my most memorable moments in in real estate. Yes. 
Love it. Start having to put like notes on the on the pre webinars, like, hey, please come with clothes on. So yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, cool. So yeah, so take us through this. So you started. You've always, it sounds like, been in the building phase of the business, the creative side from building Carrington to like, how did you know, or it just was it automatic that you were, were going to be a visionary? Like, was there like a point where you realized that or you just. So it really got, so I got into real estate. I was actually a police officer in a past life. Right. Um, and so I had graduated college from ASU. I was an executive at Target Corporation which like was, man, I was making really good money, but I was working, man, like 80 hours a week. And I knew that was not like in my cards. It was fine when I was young and single. I knew like I wanted more. My best friend at the time was joining the police academy. And he was like, hey bro, there's four 10 hour shifts. And I was like, sold. Didn't know how much they made or anything, but I took a cut <laughs> going from an executive at Target to that. And so that's actually what got me into real estate was it was a side hustle. I was like, because it was an adrenaline rush. Like my best friend and I were like bad boys for life, right? It was an adrenaline, like I was an adrenaline. I still am an adrenaline junkie, right? Like, uh, and so it was so much fun, but it wasn't the lifestyle that I was accustomed to. And so I started fixing and flipping. I started doing double escrows. Like now they call it wholesaling, right? And we were double escrowing before wholesaling was popular and stuff like that. And uh, I soon I got my license because I had that same mentality of like, oh, like I'm going to save this 3%. Like these agents, I'm finding the houses, I'm doing everything. Like, what do I need them for? I didn't understand how much liability that opened me up for, for having that. And so, you know, soon after that, mm -hmm. I had to start taking that licensing part a lot more serious. And people saw what I was doing and were like, hey, can you help me? And I was ranking more working five or 10 hours a week in the police department. than I was full-time as a police officer. So at some point I had to be like, oh, like, what happens if I actually apply myself, right? And so going into it, mm. man, and this was like 2006, 2007, everybody was making money. And so I was like, well, hell, like I want to make a lot of money too. Let's go. And then the market, because I, I used to prospect for three hours a day, right? Fizbo's expired. I was a big Mike, big Mike Ferry agent, just hammering the phones, doing everything that everybody else didn't want to. And it was miserable to have a traditional listing because I was just asking for people for more price reductions every single week. They didn't want to talk, mm -hmm. right? But I was pretty successful. I think my first year I did eight deals and then 16 and then 22. And then I was talking with Mike Ferry. He was coaching me at the time. And he was like, I thought I was, I was peacocking because everybody else's business is diving. And I was like, ah, like did 22 deals, right? I'm like, just living life, more money than I've ever made. <laughs> and he's like, if you know Mike Ferry, like, he's like, ah, pfft. he's like, that's bullshit, Larry. He's like, I have people that do 22 deals in a month. And I was like, oh, really? That's possible? Right? Like, it just like blew my mind. I was like, how? I'm so busy doing this. And he, he taught me a really valuable lesson. He was like, go back and figure out where your business came from. 
And so I probably, in my first three years, close to about 50 deals, I figured out that 82% of my business came from past clients, center of influence, people that I never spoke with. And I was like, I'm spending most of my day trying to convert these strangers and forgetting. And so that next year, I started, I didn't cut cold turkey like my roots, but I started reaching out to friends, family. How are you doing? How can I add value? Oh, can I send business over to you? How do I add value to them? And I went from 22 deals to 64 deals that next year. Like it was a game. I spent less time. I made more money. And then that was with, uh, that was myself and a couple of assistants, right? But I still got to a point where I maxed out my week. And so it wasn't about being a visionary. Like I've kind of grown out of necessity because I figured like I could not help mm. more than 60 something people a year by myself. I just, I didn't have the time. So then I, then I built a team, right? I was under yep. KW built more partners in Phoenix. I think we did, my goal was a deal every day. We got to 322 deals. So it was a deal every business day, which was cool, right? Like, uh, it, it, like I'm not <laughs> yeah. complaining, right? Like, but uh, we were a little off of goal. And then that's what brought me into, I was doing a ton of short sales, a lot of probates, like uh, a lot of notice of defaults because that's where the opportunity was. And that got me into the default space. I built relationships uh, like in Arizona with Fidelity mm. National Title. We were thick as thieves, right? Like they they started introducing me to asset management companies. I gave them all of my traditional business. It was a real win-win opportunity. And then, so that's what started really like growing us from 60 to 100 to 300. And that's what got me into the default space. So I ran a brokerage for auction.com as my, at 27 years old, like didn't even know how to run my own life at 27 years old. And I talked to, he's still a mentor of mine. Then, like, I mean, <laughs> no you kidding, guys right? might know Mike Pinto, right? Cause uh, like I've been with him at three different companies now. And uh, he came to me, I was 27 and he was like, so did you still want to do something more? And I was like, yeah, what do you have in mind? Right, because I was like, hey, I'm interested in growth opportunities, right? Like I'm learning. He's like, what if you ran Arizona? I was like, what are you talking about? I have agents that are 60 years old, like been in business longer than I've been alive. I'm like, what do I teach them, right? And I, I go back and I ask him, I'm like, what did you like? I would have a hard time giving the keys to the castle to a 27 year old. I just would, right? Like, uh, but he mm -hmm. saw something and so we did like some great things at auction.com. He then recruited me to Carrington Real Estate Services when we had, I think 286 agents. And he got me to move to Vegas, which is something I never wanted to do. He's like, hey, I got an opportunity. He showed mm. me the numbers of foreclosures. And, and, and at first I was like, F you. I was like, bro, I can't be in Vegas more than two days. Like, let yeah. alone you want me yeah. to move my family? Like, uh-uh. And he's like, just look at the numbers. I saw 500 plus listings and I was like, babe, I, got, I think we need to move to Vegas. <laughs> right? Like, because I knew I could take that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew I so, could take that and turn it into 800 deals. But what I didn't know is 
284 mm-hmm. went into effect two days after I moved out there. And not being a local, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know the legislation. And it stopped foreclosures. And I was like, oh, I just made the biggest mistake of our lives, babe. Like, oh my God, what are no. we going to do? And so I went back to my roots of prospecting because prices were 75% mm. off. Rents were through the roof. So I started prospecting every hedge fund, asset management company, like looking for funds. And I was like, you should be buying here. I have 20% cap ratios all day, as many as you want. And that what that's what put me on the map for Carrington is I had a state that had zero inventory. Like most of their states had massive REOs and foreclosures. Yet my small office of 12 agents was closing more than these 50 hundred person offices. They're like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm making money. And um, so they were like, can you tell people how to do this? And I was like, yeah, like, why not? Right. And so that got me into And so we grew Carrington from like 286 to almost 3000 agents across the country. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of blood, sweat, tears, like travel. And then like we had uh, some difference in views, right? Like they weren't happy with, uh, you know, some podcast and some radio shows that I did. I still felt like I made. And so I'm the type, if I'm wrong, I will be the first to apologize and be like, look, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Like, let's course correct. I'm also the person to be like, I would do it again all over. And and that's basically what I did. Why did you do that? I was like, (laughs) I would do that every day of the week because I think it brought publicity to every part of our company and I'm not sorry for it. And they're like, well, maybe this is where we should part ways. And I was like, maybe you're right. And uh, Zome was our largest. I was also head of business development. So man, I'm like Jerry Maguire after that call, right? I'm like, hey, get this person on the phone, get this person like, I'm like calling, I'm like, hey guys, just wanted to let you know, like like this, 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 and Zoom, uh, Mike Pinto, and then went to Zoom, and he's like, man, he's like, do you want to partner back up? And I was like, all right. And so that got me into building out mm-hmm. their referral network, implementing their membership platform that went bananas teaching agents how to use their auction platform which matt hasn't given me a chance yet but i'm telling you i'm going to change his life whenever he lets me those auctions not everybody likes to grow not everybody likes to grow matt i'm not i'm not hating on you brother um (laughs) but it like that was my whole role was they had this auction platform but it was only used for reos how did we use that to build traditional business. So we acquired foresalebyowner.com, working with Fisbos, yeah. expireds, like traditional listings and stuff there. And man, that was going great. I probably would have stayed there a long time had the company just had a change in business plans, right? And like, I respect that. And at first we were talking mm-hmm. about going public. They didn't want to do that. And then they did some massive layoffs and I was part of those layoffs. And, you know, I take that experience for what it was. And it was really that point where I'm like, all right, like I'm tired of building everybody else's company and having nothing to show for it. And so 
at that point, literally, I remember sending a message out at one point to all of my leaders at Carrington. And I was like, hey, guys, my journey's ended here. It's been a great ride. Like it was a video message. And, uh, you know, that's actually when I got introduced to EXP, it was some of my leaders there that were like, this is so great because we didn't didn't know how to break up with you like we did like we've been with you for eight years they were like will you look at this and i'm telling you i was really skeptical i was like guys i've been at kw i've seen it it's like it's really not that cool and they're like oh it's different and uh like now that i now that i've seen it i can't unsee it and it's provided me the biggest opportunity so now i spend most of my time helping other people duplicate what i've done in real estate building relationships building duplicatable businesses that increase whether we're in an up market or down market and this market is changing quickly very, right very quickly. and so yeah so that's uh, that's kind of brought me to here and now i have this i'm sitting on my 20 acre ranch wild soul sanctuary building tiny homes and all kinds of crazy stuff beautiful now. man thanks for sharing so what i want to do now is dive into you had bad news after bad news after bad news in these transitions you know starting from when you got to vegas and your world turns upside down to doing obviously you're a tremendous promoter and then your promotion opportunities obviously weren't well received so this is like at least three shifts that i could see can you talk about the mentality the feelings you had during those shifts obviously you're such a positive energetic guy but can you tell us like behind the scenes what was happening how did you deal with that how'd you move forward yeah bro it was uh like every one of those pivotal shifts like pushed the limits and got me to where i am here today so i don't view any of those as bad now like in the mix yeah like man and every one of them was crushing to me and this is where had i not had my bro like my bride is my ride or die mm. right like we met in college i prospected for eight years until like our time <laughs> came together and like she was always the one that got away and you know like this is where i really feel you have to know what you're working towards. Like $100,000 is a bullshit goal in my eyes, but the one that I get the most. Like, what do you want to do, Matt? I want to make 100000 Why? What's that going to do that $60,000 doesn't do unless you budget, unless you're disciplined and, instead of this, right? And so whenever I sit down to coach somebody, one, it's what's their goal, and then what's their why for their goal. And so... I went through so many ups and downs. My why is $4 and 68 cents. And can I share please, with you what the hell $4 please. and 68 cents stands for? <laughs> yes. So at like the age of man, 26, 27, I thought I had life figured out. I had five homes in Phoenix, Arizona. I had two pieces of property in Mexico. Um, I had six figures in my bank account. Right. And I was like, this life thing, like, doesn't seem so hard to me. Right. Like, and um, I lost so much more than that. And man, yeah, like I went through foreclosures. I went through short sales. I went through everything myself. 
And that was about the time that I rekindled with Ariana, who's my bride. And I, and finally, she said yes to go on a date with me, right? Because I would call and be like, hey, I'm going to Costa Rica. You want to go? And she's like, I have a boyfriend. I'm like, is that a yes or a no? I don't really know what that means, right? Uh, and so she finally was like, okay, fine. I'll go to coffee with you. And my card, my credit card was declined for $4.68 oh. at Starbucks. And I was like, the pain, the disappointment, the shame. And that was the switch. That was like, never fucking again. Well, I feel this pain. I'll feel different pains. Never this mm. one. And so it shifted my whole dynamics, my work ethics. Shortly after that, I got into Tony Robbins, right? I started my morning meditation, which started at 15 minutes. Now I have to cut my morning routine off at three hours. Whoa. Right? So I'm working out. I'm, I'm, I'm meditating. I'm yoga. I'm journaling. I spend the first two to three hours every single day working here to come and like, because if my cup is empty, like I can't fill up anybody mm. else's. And so every one of those, so each trial, each tribulation got easier and easier and easier because I built more security, right? I wasn't dependent on a paycheck, right? And like at Zome, at that point, I had 24 rental properties and stuff that were sitting there. I had secretly kind of built up an organization of a hundred agents at EXP that was essentially paying my bills every single month. And I remember when that part happened, I was at a mastermind retreat down in Cabo and my wife was listening to these other people up on stage. And she was like, you can do this. Like you can help a lot more people. And I was like, I know. She's like, why are you playing so small? Ooh, like she called no, me on my bullshit. Love it. And I, I had to open up to her. Yeah. Like, well, my wife and I get deep, mm. right? Like, uh, like it's not surface level, like bullshit. Like she called me on it and she's like, why aren't you playing bigger? Because I was trying to do all of these side hustles to make sure the bills were paid. And that was a lot because she was staying at home with the kids and I had this facade that like it had to be this perfect. And if she went to work, then I was a failure. And right, like this was this mantra that I had created for myself. And she's like, all right, so if I get back into real estate and produce, will that take the leverage off for you to actually like lean into this? Mm. And I was like, bet. And so three years later, I mean, she's doing 15 to $20 million in production. and. I'm solely focused on helping people grow, right? And so, yeah, so it's really like, who do you surround yourself with, right? Because if I was to go to the gym in the morning and tell people and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, Larry, that sucks. Or are you surrounding yourself? Like my group would be like, <laughs> some damn baby. Like, what are you going to do about it, right? And like, uh, like, so who you surround with, why you're working, what are you doing to prep for that every single day? Like, it's not one thing that I do. It's everything that's leading to financial freedom. Like my goal is to help as many people create financial freedom as possible. 
because I like I'll be honest, like all I want to do is CrossFit and yoga all day long, <laughs> walk barefoot up here on my ranch. Right? Like, like that's what I care about. Beautiful. But it takes that financial freedom to liberate that. And there's a system for success that I feel that anybody can follow if that's what they want. A lot of people say they want it, but they don't, they're not committed. They're not fucking obsessed with it because that's what it's going to take to pull away from the herd. You're going to have to divorce friends, right? Mm -hmm. There's people that no longer serve you. You're going to outgrow people. You're going to outgrow family members. Like, all of these things that you've never thought about are going to come to head. Mm. And that, that's going to create all kinds of other uh, growth opportunities in your totally. life. Totally. Let's dive in deep on this because it's also our goal to help people. I think the greatest thing that I experience from a joy perspective is when someone goes from like the shackles of having to live a life they don't want to, to stepping into freedom. One thing I think that might be helpful for our guests is you took the $4.28 and you, I'm guessing, tied that to your freaking identity. Can you describe the process of one, how you did that, and then two, how now that you're wildly successful, I'm guessing it sounds like you're still doing that because you're still telling the story. Yeah. Yeah, so this is where, like, that number is ingrained, right? Like, I've thought about getting it tattooed on me as a constant reminder, right? So we're all motivated by pleasure or pain most people the pain right like everybody's like yeah i want to like you know be able to garden all day or do this but that's not what drives them and so literally like back in the day like and i've always been big on mindset and like following the trends of other successful people and so this is where i had vision boards right and that four dollars and 68 cents was plastered everywhere and when i was hungover or tired and like, oh, well, maybe I can just do this. Again, when you have that stapled everywhere and that constant reminder, you're like, nope, bullshit, not feeling that way again. (laughs) Like, all right, like, let's go, right? When this is why I tell it to everybody, right? Because it's an accountability partner at that point in time because I didn't have a family then But what happens if that was at my kid's birthday party? Now my shame, my grief, my guilt is inherited in them. Mm. Oh, now they start getting fucked up with money issues. And and like, this is where money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. Money sucks. Like, no, it's the people that suck. (laughs) Like money exploits joy, happiness, um, addictions, right? Like, Money gives you access. Like money is not evil and it can be used in beautiful ways to change the world Mm. if you're in the right headspace here. So this is where, again, morning routine, gratitude, like that pain, like I only dig into that pain like when it's truly necessary Mm. because I've created a new person, right? Like this isn't not the same person that I was 10 years ago. And that's not by chance that's working on it. It's that consistency. Even when I didn't want to go to the gym, even when I don't want to meditate or do breath work or this, like it's that constant pushing my limits. I mean, just yesterday, like I'm up to holding my breath for over three minutes, (laughs) like every morning now, like 
that pushes your goddamn limits (laughs) when you think you're going to die (laughs) every morning and know that you're not, that you can literally, you're in control and can open your mouth at any point. Wow. Right? And so when you start, so everything that I do is pushing the limits. Like when somebody's like, you can't do that. I'm like, fuck you. You can't. <laughs> like, let me figure out if I can do it or not. Like, your short-minded, your, like, inability to think bigger does not reflect on me. And that's, again, where you have to outgrow friends, outgrow family. Like, who's in your peer group? Who's in your accountability group? Who are you dating, right? Who's your significant other and stuff there? Like all of that comes into place in order to put this puzzle together, man. Amazing. You live such so a- I don't even know if that was a goddamn answer to the question. Totally, totally. And I wanna, I wanna dive in here for a little bit and then I think Tim has a question. So essentially like you live such a big, bold life. Can you describe the pre-meditation, pre-morning routine Larry White and the Larry White we're experiencing today? Yeah. So at first there was no morning meditation. My wife and I joke because she used to be the one that woke up at four o'clock in the morning, went to the gym and do that. And I actually clowned on her. <laughs> right. right. I was like that adolescent teen. I like, I was like, ah, no, I'm a realtor. I'm going to wake up at eight o'clock and like, good to like, no, turn the <laughs> lights off. Right. Like I was still, I, I had vision boards. Right. I read a lot. Like I went to a lot of conferences and stuff like that. As I got more successful, I realized I ran out of time in the day. Same thing. Like my growth has forced me to expand in all of these different industries and jobs and career paths and stuff like that. So I was almost forced to change. And so as I started getting into like there wasn't a morning routine, I would wake up. I would start checking my phone and responding to everybody else's problems and realize that I never focused on me. And when I first implemented my morning routine was probably, it was after my first Tony Robbins event in San Jose and you walk across 13 feet of fire, like 1300 degree hot coals. And I was like, shit, I can do anything. Like I just (laughs) did the impossible, like making a call, easy, waking up, easy, right? Like all of this. And so that is what started kind of the breath work side because Tony Robbins offers this challenge. He's like, hey, go vegan for 10 days. I was like, hell, I can do anything for 10 days. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm unhappy, I can do it. And so literally that turned into 45 days of me being vegan at one point in time right like i went from paleo to vegan and again it was just testing and my body felt great but then i lost so much weight that i had to add meat back in just to keep some weight and some size and stuff on me so you know i did that for 10 days and along with that was like try this wake up at 6 a.m and try this breath works right and so like like my daughter and my wife are like, what are you doing? Right. I'm sitting there. My eyes go. Right. I'm just like, and like when you actually breathe, Mm -hmm. you start feeling shit in your body. It's tingling. It's like, what's going on? Because most people breathe so shallow. Like you don't have this oxygen running through your body. And so then like I had more energy in the morning, right? I was on fire. 
I was waking up earlier, so I got more done. And then I was like, well, I got to do more. So that started like 15 minutes of breath work, and I would do a green juice. And then I started adding in a gratitude journal. And then I started working out in the mornings versus the afternoon, right? Because it saved so much time and traffic and everything else. And yeah, now it's, uh, so it started, it was nothing until I started testing it. And I saw the results that I was getting. And then I just did more and more and more. And now I'm like, ah, shit, I guess I should get to work soon, right? Like, because <laughs> I wake right. up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock. My workday doesn't start till 10 every day. So I do my morning routine and now I have the opportunity to wake my kids up and get them dressed. I cook them breakfast. I walk my dog barefoot, right? Like the kids at the bus stop are like, Mr. Larry, why don't you wear shoes? I was like, don't try and put those foot prisons on me, kid. <laughs> like I'm grounding, right? Like, uh, <laughs> Um, uh, right. And so, and then after I do that, then I come back and I shower and, and again, my, my work day starts at about 10, but I mean, I've been up for six hours in most cases prior to that, just yeah, working yeah. on myself, educating, learning, growing, setting up my plan. Like what's priority for today? Like what's important for today, etc. Wow. Larry, absolutely tremendous stuff. Um, everything that you've said today has been tremendously valuable i'm going to dial it back just a little bit because i love the coffee thing a lot right so like let's kind of dig into that just a little bit more right because do you you've coached thousands of agents now do you think almost every agent has yeah, a, a, a singular experience like that that really shifted their mindset or do you think it's going to be very variable or what are your thoughts on that because i have three single events that drastically changed my life and my mindset moving forward. So just because you've worked with so many people, I would love your insight on like, how does that work on a scale? I think most people have no idea what they're working for. Hmm. They're, they're getting into real estate because they want freedom. They have zero freedom, right? Like they're working 60 hours, 80 hours. They're, they're working whenever this phone rings. Right. So they didn't want to work for somebody else. And now they have hundreds of bosses. Right. Mm -hmm. Like at this point in time, because they don't run their business correctly, they don't respect their time. And so nobody else respects their time. And they say, well, I got to do this or I have. No, you don't have to. You're making a choice to do that because your why is not big enough. Right. They don't have that four dollar and sixty eight cents or they haven't tapped into that. And that's where that surface level of, oh, I want to make a hundred thousand, like irrelevant, like a hundred thousand dollars, like in most places, you're still living paycheck to paycheck because you're not managing that money correctly. You're not setting that up. And so I would say most people don't have that piece dialed in. And even when you start to dig in, Right, you need somebody to call you out on your bullshit to dig deeper. Um, oh, I want to do this so my kids don't have to, you know, don't have to pay for college. Okay, well, like, what's it look like when your kid walks down that aisle? I want you to envision this. Drop in with me, right? Like, are you crying? Are you smiling? Right? What college are they at? What color is their robe? Right? This is where that manifestation right i thought the secret when that book came out i was like 
oh yeah, I'm gonna think of a million dollars and like no BS, right? Like, and so I was always like, but it's more so, it's physics. Like when you can vision your future and you tie emotions to it and you can see like what it looks like when you're marrying your spouse and you start to cry, mm-hmm. right? And you're, and you're engaging those, like the universe will literally start to move shit out of the way to align for that. But most people operate on this surface level of, I want a Porsche, I want a watch, I want, why? Mm-hmm. Like, what is a $16,000 Breitling Super Avenger going to do for you, right? Like that's an ego statement. And this is where like, man, I have to constantly kill my ego every single day still, right? It it sparks up and like, this is what, again, your accountability partners, your spouses, your groups, right? Like have to call you out. Otherwise we get so focused in our business, we forget to work on our business. And if you don't know why you're doing something, again, you just get stuck in the monotony and stuff there. So this is where like, it comes down to that why, like, what are you doing this for? And do you have a plan? So if it's 100,000, if it's 500,000, how much does it cost you to live? What are you doing with the extra, right? Like I have a financial, like I have so many damn coaches now, right? Like I have a financial, planner that I meet with once every two weeks, like we're putting aside $82,000 a year just for retirement stability to ebb and flow. Like no matter what the damn market does, I don't care. Right. We have a, that's for the security. And then I have a big portion cause he knows like, I like to swing for the fences, right? Like I don't always like that safe and like, oh yeah, it's a good return. Like, no, right? Like cryptocurrency, like, right? Like, I'm like, oh, you're not buying right now. Like you were mad when Bitcoin was 65,000. Now you're not buying it at 19,000. Like, what do you want people? <laughs> right? Like the market is exactly what you will never have this opportunity again. And then when Bitcoin's at a hundred and 150, you're going to be like, Damn, I remember when I could have bought it for 19,000, mm-hmm. 60,000, right? Like any of that would have been a deal. But we get in our heads too much because they don't have a plan, right? And this is where I have a set amount. Like I buy every single week. I don't look at my charts. Like that's part of the longer term plan. Now you could have a plan for short term for cash flow. That's different. That's when you're looking at this things, but you have to have an entire different education for that right to start reading markets and charts and this and that um and again it's not something that i want to take on right now so <laughs> yeah it's not Beautiful. part of my why to day trade so so it sounds like if, if you had a new agent coming to you or an agent that was struggling the first step you would walk them through is getting super super clear on why they're doing what they're doing putting real dimension to that by visualizing all the way down to the smells and the colors and so on and so forth do you think there's anything more important in business than understanding what you're after? Why you're after it. <laughs> right? Like, cause when you know yeah, totally. why it's the, the funniest thing, like 
when I was at Carrington, when I was at Zome, like all I cared about was the money. I thought money was going to solve everything. <laughs> it didn't because I wasn't healed like internally. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And so once I started creating that, once I developed the plan and I stuck to the plan and the plan started working, right? And we started compounding that and reinvesting that. And now you have your money working for you. And now I created the freedom and the flexibility. The less I care about money, the more it flows, which is the oddest paradigm shift. I I can't explain it. I don't know why, right? Like I get opportunities thrown at me. And I was like, where was this when I cared? About? But it wasn't the right time. That was a lesson <laughs> right. that I had. You've mentioned a few of your mentors that you used in the past, or you mentioned Mike Ferry and quite a few other coaches. Um, who do you think would be your most important professional mentor in your career thus far? And that could be, you know, a coach or just somebody you worked with. Yeah. Mm, that's a good question. I would probably... Tony Robbins, like Tony Robbins is probably one of my biggest mentors because like that's when I started working on this and close second would be my, my man, Tom Ferry, because after I started coaching for him, I started seeing shifts in his business. Coincidentally, when he started going to Tony Robbins retreats, right? So it was like the business, the physical, the spiritual, like everything started to align. I didn't tell him about it, right? But but then it was uh, kind of a combination of like, no, you can have a lot of money and you can still do great and you can live in abundance and you can help everybody else, right? So Tony and Tony and Tony would probably be number one because I think this is more important. Like you can hustle your way to a lot of money. Like this is the grind. And then Tom, because he's incorporated so much of that. Um, and then after that, like, dude, this is where we start getting hippie, right? And like mm -hmm. my, uh, like I have a maestro a gentleman down in Peru and like, oh God, like that's changed my life. Like getting more into like different plant medicines and learning like ancient wisdom and stuff that I never thought was possible. Like when my mind was closed off. So those, those mm. probably three would be my biggest mentors in, in life. Cause uh, like, I don't separate it. Right. It's not like business. Like it's an integration to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point too. Cause it's like once the prospects and the, and the people that you're dealing with and the businesses you're pursuing know that you're truly aligned spiritually, physically, emotionally, and otherwise there, it just opens them up to do business with you. As, as you pointed out, that's when the opportunities came is when you started getting full alignment in the entirety of your person and not just in one of the buckets of your life. Yeah. Because when I wasn't there, I would sell my soul, right? Mm -hmm. Like I would do business with people that I knew didn't align because I had these visions of, again, money of what this would be able to do. 
And every time I got screwed and business partnerships and this and that. And the universe will teach you lessons until you learn them. And so <laughs> That's so true. now, right? Like dating or like kids, right? Like until you learn like, oh, that's not the way that I should speak to that person. Like, boom, it's clash, this explosion. And so it's really like now I'm so calm. I don't need to do business with everybody. Like I'm fully content and fulfilled and happy with where I'm at now. If we can do more together, Matt, if I can help quadruple your business by implementing auction, Matt, I would love to. Until that's right for you, Beautiful. no big deal, brother. Beautiful. Yeah. Just an absolute servant. You step into a servant mentality. And that's the beautiful thing that I've experienced in working with you outside of this podcast is just the absolute focus on giving, generosity, waiting for the timing to be right. It's, it's a beautiful thing to experience being on my end of it. Absolutely. And I could duplicate Thank you. that. Thank you for that. I mean, people. Larry is just always dropping tremendous value, um, which is what I love the most about you. First off, I mean, you have a ton of energy, um, ton of charisma, um, but the value bombs that you could get talking to Larry White on a 15 minute phone call. I mean, they're amazing. I mean, for real, like I'm not even trying <laughs> to just pump you up here, Larry. Like yeah. <laughs> I make a note to reach out to Larry every once in a while, just, just to kind of pick your brain. And, and so essentially, obviously, as you've kind of stated throughout the podcast, you have a, an ability to mentor agents. And one of the main ways to do that, obviously, is for them to connect with you at EXP. Like, if you wouldn't mind talking about that a little bit, how people that, you know, want help that have really enjoyed this episode can connect with you so you can help them on their journey. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, my social media handle is the same on everything. It's Larry M.F. White. And that does not stand for Mary Francis, right? Like that was <laughs> an alter ego. Are you sure? <laughs> it was an alter ego that I created actually through Tony Robbins, right? He was like, who's your superhero? Like when you mm. know, like, right? like if you've ever played basketball and you're like, eh, give me the ball. Like I got this. Like let me take the shot, coach, right? And you know it's going in as soon as it leaves your hands. You walk away so confident right like that's larry motherfucking white like there's no doubt there's no fear um and so you it. can follow me you can follow me connect with me larry mf white on any social media channel and you know on there i try and give a lot like we do a lot of testimonials like how like we've changed agents business how we've changed agents lives right and that might be spiritually, that might be mentally, that might be health conscious wise. This is what I think people fail to realize. Like I do a lot in real estate. It's came very easy. I see how the business pieces work together. That's not my passion project, right? Like I want to make people whole and fulfilled with wherever they're at. And this is where I think a lot of companies get it wrong. They come and they're like, Matt, I can help you sell more homes. I can help you make more money. Like, what if Matt is going through like relationship issues? Like Matt doesn't give a shit about that. Like if you can't heal that, all of this stuff is irrelevant. So this is where we have to ask people like, and figure out 
like maybe this isn't the right fit like maybe we're not a good fit now could we be in the future sure maybe right and so this is where like people it's so funny i sit down with so many top producing agents and they're like well are you going to talk about exp i'm like no why are you <laughs> right you're, you're not with exp they're like why haven't you I'm like look let's get the count out do you want to talk about exp because like i don't care about e like exp has been a vehicle the most life-changing vehicle i've seen to create wealth and freedom if wealth and freedom is not in your business plan it is irrelevant if i can't help you increase production decrease cost heal yourself and do this like irrelevant right like we might not be in alignment right now and i'm totally good with that can i help you where you're at right now can i help get you to your goal and build a relationship could i have you out here on the ranch with me and we spend a night around on the campfire and talk about like real issues and stuff like that um, and, and grow, right? And so I'm always looking for better people to surround myself with, people that want to grow, right? Like no matter what business you're in, because I talk to thousands of agents, thousands of consumers every single month. I need better referral partners on insurance mm -hmm. for cars, for doctors, for chiropractors. And I would like, that's why I tell come to me for anything. Like, I don't care what industry, like come to me and <laughs> you'd be so like, I get people in Montana, like Larry, can you help me find? Absolutely. I'll f help you find a real estate agent that can sell your home. Like never lived in Montana once. Right? Like, but again, like mm -hmm. I just want to add so much value to people that it is a goddamn disservice for you not to work with me can't think of a better way to end a show so there you go audience anybody listening now i would strongly strongly encourage you to reach out to larry white he's a motherfucking badass so here we go larry motherfucking white we want to sincerely thank you for coming onto our show and giving us a glimpse of your life and your business and to everyone else out there chasing freedom freedom is acquired one action at a time and if you do nothing else, just write down one action that you got from today. And that action should be to reach out to Larry. Make sure to implement that in the next seven days. And share it with somebody that can hold you accountable. Like Larry was saying, make sure to surround yourself with the right group of people. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you again for tuning in to today's episode. And we will catch you on the next one.